Hello and welcome to our Living Word Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from our Sunday morning experience. Amen, amen. I don't know about you, but I love watching other people succeed in life. How many of you enjoy watching people succeed in life? Amen. If you don't, it's okay, and you can honestly go home, check yourself, and talk about it, because if many of us were more real, sometimes, depending on the circumstance, we're not always so happy to celebrate other people's successes. Come on now. But what I found in this, and it was interesting, I was listening to Pastor uh, Francis Chan uh, speak one of his last messages here in the United States this past week, and I was listening to him as he explained this call to life at 52 years old that he, he and his wife made a decision to go live in Asia and in specific areas there because as they continued to journey in their ministry, what they continued to find that made their heart beat was that they got the greatest amount of joy and fulfillment in their life when people said yes to God. And they, he went on and he just went on to explain his greatest passions. And he just said, like, almost, like, almost like a teenager, almost like a, like, like a young person or, or just someone who's just excited about something. He said, you know, when I went into these remote areas in different countries and I found out they had never heard the name Jesus, it just made me smile so big. It just made my heart warm in a way that, that, that buying a new car or, or having the highest paying job or, or doing what these, these trophy moments of our life that we think they should be have, right? He said it just paled in comparison to those moments in Jesus' name. And as I thought about this, I, I just began to just dive in and I, and I just really soaked because I'll tell you what, we have to believe in some portion of our life that God has placed people in front of us to lead us forward in his name. And, and I tell you what, I, I was telling somebody before, before service, I was talking about it, I was talking about him as a pastor. You know, I don't know him personally, I've never met him to shake his hand, but there's just something about him when I watch his messages that literally I want to pull my car over when he says, let's pray. And I'm being serious because, like, there's just this genuine, like, I think he means it. Like, I think he actually means, like, I want to, I, I, like, can we just sit here and talk to God until he's done speaking? Can we just go into his presence? Can we pray for real? Can we ask him for real to do something like we've never seen done before? And he explained from these moments, and, and even as he does it, you know, I, it just fired me up because I was in the middle of writing this message, which is titled, Where's the Finish Line? And God gave it to me on Monday, and I just heard the phrase, and I wrote it down and wrestled with it until this morning. And the reason I did that is because I just, I just kept, I, I love to be coach, I love to be pastor, I love to be who God has made me, but inside, no matter, what I, no matter what title you put before me, I'm Nick. Come on now. And as a person, there is something that gets you going. There is something that when you get up in the morning, if you could put your feet to that path each day, it's going to get you going. And for me as a kid, it was sports. If I had a game, man, you bet your bottom dollar I was not late to school that day. Come on. My homework was done, practice got in, my stuff was packed in a bag and ready to go. But on the days I didn't have games, I was probably late to school, not really caring. Ah, we just have practice after school, it is what it is. But when game day came, it was on, come on. And there was just something for me as a teenager that when I put my foot to the ground, it kept me going. And I want to ask you this morning, what gets you going in Jesus' name? 
What about your life when you look at it? Because hear me, I think a lot of us, we think about, when we think about life, we think about having to give up our greatest joys to find God. And for a lot of people, when Pastor Chan explains that he's going to leave America, go live in another country, and be around people who don't make the money even he made, right, or do things around people who don't have the privilege of doing things that we do, right, we immediately get this, oh, man, let me support that. And I want to come back today because there's something inside of me, and, and I'll get to it in a moment, but there's this part of vision that I know excites you, but then there's this part that comes in later that empowers you, and I'm going to get there later, so I won't spoil all of it for you. But for some of us, I want to talk to you this morning because when we started this year, if somebody can shout it for me, I said, this year's what? This year's going to be, come on, somebody shout it if you're still with me. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. Now, what I don't mind about the faded chorus of different is that maybe that's the real truth right now, and that's why I have this message again. That's why I have this in front of me today. Because I'm telling you, this year's going to be different. We're going to keep getting back in this place where we're going to say, God, your will, not mine. God, let's go. What is it today? What do you have? I'm tired of just doing these little things, and, 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 and I'm just tired of stopping here. My finish line is that. You know, many of you, and I said it publicly because I enjoy public accountability. And so as I started this year, I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to be journeying, pray for me. I'm going to be journeying through a 10-week uh, fitness thing to get healthier physically. Come on now, right? That was nine weeks ago, okay? Now, 20 pounds off, okay? 20 pounds ago. All right? A few inches. I'm big boned, whatever that means, all right? It's a few inches and. You know, I ain't buying new clothes yet. At least the ones in my closet fit me now, right? Come on, somebody. Woohoo! Okay. <laughs> but for some of you, and for me in the past, when I say it's going to be different, what was different for me is that at 10 weeks, we're done. Come on. It's good, man. I did my 10 weeks. That's a great job, Pastor Nick. Good job. Well done. We're really proud of you. You know, good, great job. But for many of us, the finish line is 10 weeks. And somebody, as they were saying to me, oh, you know, Nick, you know, are you going to continue with us? Are you going to get going? Are you going to keep doing what you're doing? I said, are you kidding me? I can't afford to stop this thing. I got a goal in mind. I've got greater things that I will do in Jesus' name. And if this belly's going to stop me, it's got to go. Come on now. Come on now. Now, hear me. I'm not one of those self-defamation people. I don't sit here and talk about being chubby all the time. Okay, it's a fun joke. I, I actually enjoy laughing at myself sometimes. Because when I'm standing there and I'm looking at a mirror at 6 o'clock in the morning, at 7 o'clock in the morning, I'm like, geez, Louise, really, bro? <laughs> you just take care of this 10 years ago. We could be sleeping right now together. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> got to be up at 7 and shower, take three showers. Come on now. You know, changing your whole day. But I got to take you with me this morning. Because I made a promise to you as a friend that we were going to do this together. And I know there's some of you sitting in here, you, you set some goals, you set some near goals, you set some, some ideas and thoughts back in January that you wanted to see. And I'm just looking you in the face and I'm saying, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've been doing. I don't know if you feel like you're flying with colors through this thing or you're just struggling your way or you are actually still in hole one right now. What I'm saying to you is get up and let's go, right? Let's do this and let's keep going together. And the reason I say that is because what we are after is much bigger than just physical health. 
It's much bigger than just the things that we could put up on a shelf. It's much greater than, than the plaudits of people. It's much greater than all of this. And I want to ask you this morning, where's your finish line? Because for some of you, you have to start moving back your finish line because your finish line is not just a 10-week challenge. Your finish line is not just a momentary decision that led to good things, right? I want to talk to you today about eternal decisions that are going to change generations and generations and generations and generations to come. I want you to grab hold of this with me today, and I ask you, where's the finish line? Our existence for many of us, is as exciting as what tomorrow will bring. When I gave up college baseball to pursue ministry, many people looked at me and said, man, why you got to throw away your passions to follow Jesus? Why you got to give up what you love to follow Jesus? I said, I ain't giving up what I love. What are you talking about? And now as a young man at 20 years old, 19, 20 years old, right, I struggled with this idea because people talked to me as if they knew me. People talked to me as if they understood my destiny like God did. But there was something, and God had to take me out of this amazing, amazing part of New Jersey and bring me to West Palm Beach, Florida. I was suffering for Christ. Y'all know that, right? <laughs> and he took me all the way down there. Now, joke is on me. If you know me, I'm not necessarily a beach person. So he took the wrong person to the beach, okay? I don't mind taking naps and reading a good book, but the beach just wasn't me. Maybe one of your kids would have liked it a heck of a lot more than I did, all right? You got to wear pants down there to work in 95, 100. Do you know what 100% humidity is? Do you know what that is as a big man? Do you, do you know what 100% humidity does to a human being? Some of you ladies with your hair, you're like, that's why I live in New Jersey. <laughs> but for many of us, right, we just kind of accept it. We're like, hey, look, what's supposed to happen? Pastor Nick is just going to happen. I'm going to put my feet to the path today. Whatever happens, you know, it just kind of gets going and, and I'm just kind of with it, right? But I want to give you something because there's some things for me that, that even as I started going and, and as I got into this year, I'm going to keep saying it to you because I got to put a point, I've got to put a place for you on why this year is going to be different, right? Why this year is going to be different. And the first very big thing, right, the why it's going to be different is because our eyes are going to be fixed on the proper prize, right? The prize for me wasn't just getting some pounds off my body. That wasn't it, Right? I've got a beautiful daughter. I've got one beautiful daughter on the way, right? I want to live a long, long life to be with those daughters. Come on now. Come on. Somebody with me, right? That, that's a bigger prize than just looking good. It's okay to look good, but you got to look good, right? But there's a part that Jesus said it to people because I want you to hear me. Maybe you're discouraged. You're like, Pastor Nick, you know, that's cool for you, man, but I got to be honest. I'm a little discouraged this morning. I'm not where you are. I'm not really happy. I'm not really feeling this whole smiling thing. But Jesus said it this way in Matthew 13. He said, this is why I speak to them in parables. He said, though seeing, they do not see. Although they hearing, they do not hear or understand. You see, I want you to get it this morning that Jesus gets you. That God gets you. He knows that when things are happening, that in these seasons, he knows that you're hearing it, but you're not hearing it. He knows that you're seeing it, but, but you're just not seeing it like you need to. You don't see it because you're just a teenager. You don't see it because you're just a young adult, or you see it because you're not a parent yet, or you just see it because you're not a grandparent yet, or you don't see it because they just haven't seen much yet. Listen, I want to point you back, and I'm going to say it this way. Vision excites people, but a cause empowers people. 
vision. I could stand up here and say, listen, we're going to change the world. We're going to do this today. We're going to gather 500 meals and feed 500 people, right, right, and that kind of thing, right, and the vision of it makes you excited, but you know what empowers you is handing those 500 people food. You see what I'm saying? I could give you a vision of what we could do. We could see people change. We could hear about people change. We can know that people got changed, right? But there's a difference between literally saying, whoa, 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 here, here's the change. I could see it. I could feel it. I could live in it. And what I, what, I, what I get worried about in our generations from young people to old is that we quit too early because the going got hard. We don't realize that it gets ugly before it gets pretty. Come on now. Sometimes you got to put in the work, and people just aren't willing to do that because the road they were promised was a lot cleaner than the road they thought they deserved. Come on. And we got to walk this out together. We got to talk about this because I don't think you realize that what's going on for you right now is going to change somebody else's life along with yours. And we've got to walk this journey out together because if vision excites people, right, but causes empower people, then we got to begin to set our finish line at the greatest cause. Flip through to Jesus, right? When Jesus came to this earth, let it not be mistaken, his mission was clear. He was coming here to make sure that there was a bridge so that you and I could have relationship with him for all of eternity. As he grew up, he refused to compromise that goal. As he walked and talked and lived and breathed, and now you see, for someone like him that, that really foreknew and he knew the end goal in that way was to go ahead and rise, right, to defeat the cross, to, to defeat the grave and be seated back at the, the right hand of the Father. What I think we miss, though, is that along the way, he didn't just get his eyes fixed on the finish line. He focused on the details at hand. Even Jesus took the time to walk and talk and remind people that if you want to be free, this is what it's going to cost. If you're going to follow me, this is where I'll be. If you're going to go with me, this is what happens. If you're going to take this journey, you got to get it right from the beginning. This journey is going to cost you because it costs me. I hope you're here with me this morning. I think a lot of times as we just kind of weigh life, we don't think about things. And, you know, there's a reason why we journeyed. And, and I'm just so thankful for, for Dan and Angelie and, and others and Mariano and Thomas and Roland and people who have done our, our classes midweek. Can you give it up for those, for those who are running our classes right now? You know. Y'all need to pray for my staff because I don't know if you know how hard I am on them when it comes to vision. Right? We can talk a good game. Come on now, somebody. Right? We need to do this class. Why? Because every other church does it? No, Pastor Nick, I promise I prayed on this. I'm like, all right, let's talk. <laughs> you see, I don't want to do things just because other people do them. So we offer a finance class. Why? Because it looks good on our website? No. No. Come on now. We offer it because we believe that if we have healthy people that are healthy in their financial portion of their life, then they will create other financially healthy people around them. And if there's financially healthy people in our world, we can support each other. We can love each other. We can do with our resources what God tells us to in Jesus' name. It's the same thing in studying God's word. I told why. One, one, one parent told me the other day sent their, they wanted to send their kid for a drug test because they came home from the Wednesday night Bible study talking about Jesus so much. <laughs> you see, there's a hunger for God's word. There's a hunger for God's word. And we've got to begin to grab hold of this because God is just so precious. And he says it this way because I just want you to hear me say it in John 14, 
Verse 12. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. This is Jesus talking, somebody. Come on now. Because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified to the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. You see, I am one of those coaches, and I've said this many times before. I don't like coaches who just tell kids, go figure it out. They go tell their players, oh, kick it harder. Kick it harder. Turn around, man. I'll kick it harder, right? Hit it further. Run faster. Well, how do I run faster? How do I kick it further? What's going to make me reach this goal that you keep talking? You know it's so good. Teach me. You see, that's what makes a real coach. Come on. And I think we lose that in our walk and our faith. And some of you don't see yourself like coaches, but I want to challenge you. When you find something, treasure it. Because when you find it, you need to teach it. And when you teach it, somebody else is able to get it in Jesus' name. You see, I don't think, and I said it to a kid the other day, a young man who's getting recruited by 15 different schools for basketball. I said it to him. I said, you understand that a 3.5 and a 1,300 plus gets you a, they pay you to get a college education, son. I didn't realize that, sir. Let me go take the SATs. Why? Because the first time he tried it was like a 1280 or something, and he did, I don't even know if he was a freshman at that point. You see, we don't teach people that they can set their mark on things that are achievable. We don't teach people, we don't put the, we don't put the finish line further away and say, whoa, 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 listen, listen to me. Let me explain something to you. A college education free is so valuable. Here's why. Here's why these things are so, if you do your homework, if you get, if you study, if you put this work into it, what you sow, you shall reap. Come on now. No, but instead we just tell kids, go do a homework. Go do your homework. Go study. I hate homework. I hate studying. I have two college degrees. I still hate homework. But I'm being real with you. If I could have understood at 14 years old that if I put a certain amount of work into my schooling, that I could own a house free and clear today? Come on now, somebody. You see, you, can't, you, can't, you couldn't get me at 14 to care about a house. I was happy about my messy room. Come on now. But this is what Jesus was saying. He said, you hear me, you can hear it, but you don't hear it. You can see it, but you don't see it yet. But here's my challenge at the age I am and where I'm at right now. I'm not stopping until these kids get it. And I'm just using this as one example today because there's a world of opportunity in front of us as educators in Christ. Come on now. You see, so many people, they don't know what they can find in Christ because you refuse to tell them. You found something new in him. You have this treasure inside of you that he's revealed to you, and they need it, and you need to go share it with them. Because if for some reason, as they mature in Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, if they're able to grab hold of the fact that what I sow at 14, at 12 years old, at 10 years old, I will reap the benefits of that shortly after, or even years after, come on somebody, teach a generation. Teach a child in the ways of the Lord. And what happens? And when they get older, they shall not depart. We get real confused about that verse, especially as parents. But I've been trying, Pastor. No, 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 listen, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. We can't try hard enough as parents. There's no such thing as that. The power of the Holy Spirit is real. 
And when we surrender our children to the Holy Spirit, we let him do the work and we follow him. It doesn't, it doesn't stop just because just we gave birth to them or just because they're ours and they've been entrusted to us. No, no, listen, they're his first. That's why when you stand up here after you have a child and we say, hey, let's dedicate this baby together. Let's just present this baby to God. Let's agree as a congregation that we're going to support this family in Jesus' name with prayer and action and whatever may be necessary to help them fulfill their destiny as a family. Let's do it. Right? That's why we do that together, because we believe that God, the power of the Holy Spirit, will lead that child all the days of their life because they have the greatest father in heaven. Come on now, somebody. Jesus said it, and I'm going to read it again because we've got to hear it and get it this morning, church. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, Jesus' name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, Jesus' name, and I will do it. I like to say it as simple as this. Failure to prepare is preparing to fail. Failure to prepare is preparing to fail. And so if we're not willing to put in this preparation, what we are sowing is often nothing then. And what we will reap is nothing. I said it to a team just the other day. I said, you can do 100 repetitions of something. And let me, get, let me just help you hear, hear, hear this clearly. You're actually going to get good at what you're doing. It just doesn't mean it's right. Come on now. Let that sink in for a moment. You could do 100 repetitions of a movement, of a thought, of a life pattern. You could do it for 100 days. You could do it for 100 hours. You can could, you could commit to these things, right? But let me help you set your mark this day. If you are not doing it the way God wants you to do it, you are developing bad habits in your life. And so, someone got a destination. That's okay. Look at that. Some, someone's phone is literally setting their finish line for them. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Send me a private message later. Let me know what he said because... <laughs> That needs to go on a video or something. I want to dive into this portion about preparation because I want you to get it this way, right? What you, I'll say it this way, sorry. You will become what you pursue. I'll say it again to you. You will become what you pursue. If you pursue people, you will be like people. If you pursue the heart of God, you will find the heart of God. This is so important for us to just sit on for a moment. If failure to prepare is preparing to fail, then we've got to go ahead and pay attention to the fact that we will become what we pursue. And so if you constantly look at the friend next to you in school, if you constantly are comparing yourself to the person at work, if you're even growing more bitter because they got a raise and you didn't, if they're just sitting there and you're just struggling away with this whole idea of people and stuff, I want you to understand you need to refix your focus and you need to re-understand that you are becoming who you're pursuing. If bitterness is what drives you each day, I promise you, you're pursuing bitterness and you will become more bitter and you're just going to become angry and the fruit of the Spirit is not anger. Come on now. And so we got to deal with stuff. we got to deal with real stuff. And if we don't let God deal with that stuff, we're not going to become like him. We're not going to be able to understand this idea that I was born for this. And hear me, because I do think that this is the cry of a generation right now. 
For some of you that are, 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 are you enjoy politics or you enjoy the world's, the, the newspapers and the, the, the news and some of which I can only stomach for very short times because of the negativity in all of it sometimes. What's hard for me, but yet what's real for me is that I see a dying, hurting world looking for answers. Come on. Every time I read an article, I feel like it's mostly open-ended. And the reason why I see it open-ended is because I'm trying to see things like God sees it. Could you imagine if you could see the details of your life the way God views you? The way God looks at the plan for your life and is just dying and wishing, literally just wishing that you would become a part of that plan? That if you would say yes to him, you would walk it out all the days of your life because he has ordained it for you? Church, I just challenge you today. You will become what you pursue. It's Matthew 16 says it this way. Then, uh, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. <clears throat> Matthew 8, 23. There's a story with Jesus in the water with the disciples. Then he got into the boat, starting in verse 23 of Matthew 8. Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. They were amazed, and they asked, what kind of man is this? that even the winds and the waves obey him. You know, I think a lot of us are pretty common and similar to the disciples in this particular passage. We've journeyed in life, and we don't even realize who's literally sitting in the same boat with us in Jesus Christ. We, we don't realize that the most beautiful gift, that as he's baptized us in the power of the Holy Spirit, that we have the greatest gift and greatest treasure we could ever have desired in our life. As the Holy Spirit comes into you, the Holy Spirit begins to unlock things in your life that you begin to understand in a new way that you've never seen before, that you've never heard before. And for many of us, that's the missing ingredient in getting to where God has called us to be. You see, you've tried it before. You got to that place. Yeah, you know what, Pastor Nick? I'm willing. Let's do this. But 10 weeks in, you stopped because it was all you could do. Come on now. It was all you could do. And God's saying, no, 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 listen, miracles take me to happen. And so if you want to see miracles in your life, you've got to involve me. You see, this is what the disciples, they, they knew Jesus, and they had seen him do many things even to this point. But they were missing the fact that the waves weren't bigger than their God. They were missing the fact that regardless of how big the storm could possibly come, no matter how hard the waves would crash, no matter what kind of level storm it was, that this storm paled in comparison to how big God is. And I want to talk to you there as we could begin to close this morning. Because I think for a lot of us, We've kind of been doing this church thing for a lot of years. You've kind of been, been maybe even for, for recent years for some of you, you're like, you know, Nick, I don't really have a purpose. I just want to kind of know God. I want to do my job. I want to retire one day, do my thing, love my family, and move on. Amen? But you were born for more than that. 
And I need you to grab this, both young and old, this morning. The reason I shared Pastor Chan's story in the beginning was because it changed me this week. And there was something about the Holy Spirit in him that as I listened, I had a new ear. Come on now. I had a new ear. I was able to just kind of grab him and, and understand what Jesus was saying through him in a different way. I had heard the verses before. Of course, I've been challenged to pray before. Of course, all the things that he was saying in some way, shape, or form in passage I had heard. But there was just something about what God was doing inside of him that he was trying to help me understand at 52 years old, even though he didn't know he was talking to me that day. Right As I'm watching this on the screen and I'm just taking it in and taking it in, I'm sitting here. I'm like, you know what? Actions speak a lot louder than words. We can say we'll go into all the world and tell everybody about Jesus. Come on now. But then we can really go and tell people. And I think for some of you, you keep seeing your assignment from God as this really overly difficult, inorganic moment. You see it as somebody, oh, I got to tell you, I got to tell you about God. I got to tell you about God. Or, hey, hey, come here, come here, come here. Tracking people down, getting whacked on the train because you're trying to tell people about God. Relax. Relax. Let me tell you something. If you want to tell somebody about God, when you get up in the morning, fix your focus. In the quietness of your own self, before you put those feet down, you say, Lord, this day is yours. Use me. As you see fit, send me where you have me to go. If there's somebody in my path today that needs your word, would you intentionally put them in my life that I could share your love with them? Let me tell you something. You won't be getting punched. You won't be getting kicked. You won't be getting arrested. You're going to get a hug, whether you like it or not. Because the, some of the most precious moments in my life have been the times that I, and I'm, times that I'm telling you, you'll forget you said the prayer, you keep saying it. But you'll be in the middle of your day trying to eat your Chipotle, do your thing, and somebody sits right down next to you and asks you what you do for a living. They ask you what's different about you. They open up to you for no apparent reason, and it's weird. <laughs> and you sit back and you go, I just want you to know that I believe God loves you. <laughs> and I believe that the reason we're talking is just because he wants you to know he cares about you. And he cares about you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And he wants you to know that there's more to life than you see right now. You don't need to figure it out all at once. As a matter of fact, he would challenge you not to. <laughs> he would tell you to grab your stuff and follow him. Whether you had a fishing pole in your hand or a newspaper on a train on the way to work. He would tell you that all the days of your life, if you would just get up and purpose yourself in front of him, that he will find you and you will find him. And that even though you don't get him to the fullest every day, you'll get him more. And even as you seek him, you'll find him. And as you find him, you'll know him. And when you know him, you'll love him. Worship team, can you join me this morning? You see, the purpose of my message in a few different folds this morning is this. For some of you, you've made a finish line. And God's told you, listen, this is just mile marker number one. For some of you, 
as you begin to make your own finish line, God is encouraging you this morning to go ahead and make that a mile marker and to begin to see the impact that your life will have as you're submitted to him in Jesus' name. The second thing, when you begin to understand what makes you go, you will begin to be in a submissive place to God that he can use it. You see, when I gave up baseball, midstream, when it was my number one passion, let's not mistake it, let's be real, come on now. I woke up thinking about it, I woke up playing it, I, I still do sometimes, come on. Because it's what I love for me. But God said this very thing to me, and I remember it, I was 20 years old, 19, 20 years old, and he said, Nicholas, if you'll give this to me, I'll give it back to you in due time. And I said, what does that mean, man? I'm not really interested in listening to cool God phrases right now. You're asking me to give up my number one passion. But I know it's you because of what I'm feeling inside of me. I have to surrender. And so that day as I was playing a position I never even play, as I went to the coach and made a decision that I knew I had to make and the proper respectful time that I could do it, I started a journey in ministry, and when I had come back from school, after serving in various churches in different roles, whether it be youth pastoring or small group leading, whatever it might have been, can I tell you that the first thing that happened to me was that my high school coach walked up to me and he looked me in the face. He said, you're home? I said, yeah, God brought me home. I took a job right over here and, uh, at a church, and I'm gonna be their youth pastor. He said, oh, that's awesome, man, it's exciting. He said, well, good, I got another job for you. I said, oh, great. I said, man, come on, I'm coming out of college. I'm good. One job is enough. He said, no, no, no. He says, I need a baseball coach. And I just began to weep because God gave me back my passion. And he said, Nick, you don't get it. I'm not, I don't want to take from you that which I planted in you. Come on. But there's seasons, and in seasons, there will be harvests. And what you don't realize is, yeah, you've, you got up and you went to practice and you did what you did and you did some pretty cool things and you had a lot of fun doing them. But I'm going to ask you to use this stupid little ball with some red laces and big old bats that some of them can't even swing. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to teach them about me while you do it. I'm going to ask you to be me. I'm going to ask you to be me to them and not forget for one minute that you're doing this for me. That they would know me all the days of their life because of the discipline inside of athletics. You see, you don't sign up for things out of selfish ambition and hope you achieve certain things. Fifteen seasons later, I'm still coaching high school baseball. Every single day, Every season when the time comes around, it's my job to do one thing. And I say, God, here, here, you gave me this. You can have it. You, you want it back this year? You want me to keep doing this? And I'll tell you what, every single thing I teach, do, or be a part of, every bit of that needs to be laid at the altar of God. Because you see, what we don't realize is sometimes we stand in the place of where the next person needs to be. And a few years ago, as I transitioned into athletic director, I knew that my season was beginning to begin to raise people up to take my position at some point. Come on now. 
You see, there is a journey that many of you don't see because your finish line is too close. You stopped at a place where God was just getting ready to use you. You stopped at a place that was, it, it was just a foundation. Even 10 weeks of working out, I'll be real with you, I feel better, right? But it, I really feel, it's just the beginning. I just refound my muscles inside. I just found that excitement again to want to eat better and to to live better and and all that. It took 10 weeks just to get out of the ground. Come on now, somebody. It's not a finish line. It's a beginning. And some of you, I don't know where you need to pick up. I don't know where you need to get started. I don't know where you see your finish line. But I just got to tell it to you the way Jesus said it. You got to get the fact that Jesus looked at his disciples and he be, they literally, they saw the miracles, they saw him raised, they saw all this happen, and he, he had the nerve to say this, greater things that you will do, greater things that you will do than he did. This is Jesus talking. But what we don't get about that is that what Jesus was stating was that I am going to the Father. He said it in the second half of the verse. And so anything that happens according to the will of the Father, I will be involved. And I will advocate to God the Father. And we will send the Holy Spirit on your behalf according to the will of God to make it happen. You understand nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. You might lose a job that you thought was your dream job. You might have just been in a relationship that you thought was going to be the person you marry. You might have been on a course and you were smiling big and now you're kind of bitter and small because you're just like, I thought God, I thought God. I promise you, if that's you today, find some people in this room because they've been there too. But there's one thing that's going to be different about this time. There will be no defeat that can keep me in a grave. Come on. There'll be no moments that's going to stop me from understanding that if I get this right, generations to come will praise the name of Jesus because of decisions I made in my life. Come on now, somebody. Come on. Fix that with me for a moment. If we get this right, people will know Jesus differently for generations to come because of the decisions you made for him in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me if you received that this morning? We'll pray for you this morning, and we're going to open up the altars. If you would like prayer, we'd like to pray with you today. Philippians 4.13, my closing passage for you. You know it well. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Your homework, how many of you hate homework? Come on now, let's take some homework, right? Let's hate it together, right? It's going to get ugly before it gets cute, right? We're going to live with that. Your homework is to readjust your finish line this week. Some of you, you're just getting started. Some of you are mid-race, and you need to keep it moving. There are principles and promises that you need to find. If you're here today and you've lost the joy of what you have been doing, I want to share the words that Pastor Francis Chan shared, and I want to couple it with what Jesus said as simple as this. When you understand your passions 
and they're according to the will of God, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I want to challenge you this week. Go with Christ. Be with him. Love him. And let that love affect somebody's life for eternity. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just give you glory this morning. We thank you for how great you are. I thank you for my friends here at Living Word Church. And I thank you, Lord, for those even who are watching online this morning. We thank you for what you're doing, God. And we ask you in Jesus' name, Lord, would you help us to adjust our finish line appropriately, God? Lord, would you help us to see the mile markers, Lord? Would you help us to see the places where we've even built walls on the roads that you've clearly paved? Lord, I thank you that we will find joy in Jesus' name because the things of God, the strength of God is found in that joy. And so, God, would you take us back to that first love? Lord, the thing that truly makes us go. Lord, that thing about you, Lord, whether it's, it is a physical thing or, or, or a, gifting that, a gift that you've put inside of us, God, would you speak to us this week and may we move in the power of Christ as we go to and from. Lord, lastly, we say it as simple as this. There are people who we encounter daily that need you. May our prayers, may our steps be so intentional that those who need you, that they would find our paths and we would find theirs, God. Lord, may we change somebody's life this week in your name. May you use us. Here we are, God. Send us this week as we go. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you that fear has no place in the body of Christ. And we thank you that in you, Lord, all things are possible. It's in Jesus' mighty name all God's people said. Amen, amen. Let's give a God of praise, living word. Amen, amen. Have a blessed day. Join us downstairs for some refreshments if you'd like. Have a blessed week, Living Word Church. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's message here at Living Word Church. Uh, if you're looking for a community, looking for a home church, we want to challenge you to join us on Sunday mornings at 1045 here in Union, New Jersey. We pray you have a blessed day in Jesus' name.